Good evening, listeners, and welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll. And this Friday, the 9th of February 2024, I say it every week, but we have a very busy show lined up this Friday evening. And we're going to be looking ahead to all the weekend sport in Tipperary as usual. We're going to start tonight's show in just a couple of moments time with this week's feature of the Sporting Edge, where I talk to Tipperary under or to Ireland under 20 and Munster Rugby star Tipperary man Brian Gleeson about his uh, journey through the ranks of rugby. That's going to be coming up in just a few moments time then we're also going to be looking ahead to the weekend's hurling action Tipperary take on Galway on Sunday at quarter to four that game is live here on Tip FM with thanks to REA Tipperary I'm going to be looking ahead to that game with Sean Flynn uh, later on in the show then we're going to have a really good discussion with Barry Ryan our local soccer analyst about the potential change to a summer soccer season uh, for all the local leagues in Ireland including the ones here in Tipperary which could see some problems in terms of clashing with Gaelic games and things like that and of course if we're talking soccer this weekend we have to talk about the FAI Junior Cup last 16 with three Tipperary teams involved we're going to be talking about that later in the show as well and of course Barry Drake will have our weekly Greyhound update so I'm not lying to you it's a very busy show so let's get it started with the Sporting Edge this Friday evening where I spoke to Brian Gleeson earlier in the week let's hear that now The Sporting Edge on Tip FM funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee so Brian, just tell me a bit about your kind of your start in rugby from reading about you and you you born in Lockmore, started playing kind of hurling and football, then kind of transitioned to Rockwell and and got into rugby that way. Just talk to us about that kind of original transition to, to the game of rugby. Yeah, well I I always followed it uh growing up and you know my dad and mum were both Big monster supporters. Um, so I started in Turles Rugby Club at six because there was a good lot of my classmates uh, were in there and I'd started. So, you know, it was kind of a sociable thing as well. So I started inside in Turles and uh, I don't know, I had a great time and um, I kind of gave it up then after about four years. Um, it just kind of was focusing more on the GA side of things. But when I went back play, when I went to Rockwell, I started in Rockwell and uh, I went back playing rugby then because, you know, rugby is the, the main sport there. So um started back in first year and from then, uh, when I was in third year, we won a junior cup in Rockwell and from that then I got selected on the Munster Development uh, Underage Programs for the first time. And, you know, since then, it's been the start of it really. I've done... I did uh, 17s, uh, 18s, 19s, and then represented the Irish schools and then the uh, Irish 20s last year and this year. And that's just how the progress has been, yeah? Yeah, it's been a really kind of quick rise. Like I, I'd say that's not too long ago when you probably f- first was in there with the Ireland setups and um, you're very much well established now. But um, with looking at the, the GA side of things, you, you were in with the Tipperary under 14s and 15s, I believe, at the time. Do you, do you remember much from those days or, or any kind of the names that are um, were in there when you were there? Do you remember any of them now that are kind of in, in with Tip maybe or anything like that at the minute? Uh, yeah, there there about so see I'd be under twenties age now this year, so the the tip under twenties team would be the age group I'd be with. So like there's a lot of names that are on, on that team that are still there. So mm. um yeah, it's it's 
it's nice to follow. And like um, with last year, there's similar people there as well. Um, but yeah, look, I had fond memories. Uh, I played hurling at under fourteen, um, football under fifteen, and you know, I think the the skills that you learn from GA helps uh, helps with the rugby. You know, yeah, and um, they kind of collide. Yeah, and and you so you you go into Rockwell then, and like by all accounts, Rockwell seems to be like a a perfect place for a player to go develop as a rugby player. What's that kind of environment in there? Is it very much um like is it that kind of a breeding ground for for young rugby players? Yeah, absolutely. When I when I started, it was it was uh, every every lad down there was encouraged to go down and play rugby and. Uh, you know that's that's brilliant. We had two we had two teams, um, which we had great numbers. That we had two teams, and uh, you know it was kind of more of a social thing. Everyone went down because the that was that was how how we met friends, I suppose, and in, in first year. So uh, even from that, and then as you go up in the the years and the age group, it gets a bit more competitive when you get to your junior cups and senior cups. Yeah, and, and you had a, a good run by all accounts. He won that junior cup, and, and Dennis Leamy, a, another Tipperary man, was kind of in there at that time, and now he's in as the Munster defence coach. So that kind of familiarity, I suppose, that was was that a help when you've gone in with Munster kind of in the last 12 months that kind of you have that kind of familiar face um, in there as well? Oh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice, uh, in fairness, because, you know, I... I had Dennis for a few sessions. He's come in and help us a bit in uh, in junior cup. But in fairness, all all the coaches inside have uh, have been very helpful to me. Um, I knew Andy Kiriak as well, the Forest coach from Irish 18s. Um, so yeah, no, it's they've all been very good. And uh, when I came in this year, they're all very helpful yeah and so when you kind of started off in in rugby then in rockwell and going up through the junior cup and things like that and winning that when did it kind of come into your mind that okay i'm taking rugby very seriously now or i could kind of go far in this when did it kind of switch from maybe just kind of playing a bit of rugby to okay i can make monster teams here and that kind of thing yeah it's uh after the junior cup win i was selected for the for trials for the Munster under seventeens, um, I went on to make that um, that summer program then and played with them. Um, and you know when when you're with Munster under seventeens, you you think that oh yeah we're this is going to be an easy an easy road up to the top now. I'm on a Munster team, but it's far from it. Um, you know we were actually told uh, when we started that out of the 30 people that are here, probably only one or two people will go and get a contract in Munster. So, um, it's, it's very, it's very slim margins. Um, and everyone dreams of that are their dreams of being a player, but there's a lot of hard work and, uh, effort goes into it. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. Do you, do you remember anyone else from that team? Is anyone else from that team still, still around or, uh, were the coaches fairly spot on? That would only be one or two. Yeah, I know it's, uh, it's. I think I'm the only one that has a contract. There's other people uh, that age have come in like a year or two later, um, and they've come in, uh, and and got contracts as well. But from that room, yeah, I, think I was the only one. But it's just it just goes goes to show like how 
how hard it is to make and you know you have to be have to be really conscious of the the amount of work and dedication you you have to put into it yeah 100 percent. it's such a kind of a professional sport in general is such a kind of a, a cutthroat business but um moving on then up to the ireland under 20s like last year it was just such a incredible campaign um winning the grand slam you yourself kind of had an unreal campaign and um, I think you were nominated for the RT Young Sports Person of the Year. It just goes to show kind of the, the impact you had on that team. What was that experience like winning that Grand Slam mentioned down in down in Musgrave Park against England? Um, you yourself were on fire throughout that kind of competition, scoring tries galore. What did that kind of did that feel like you'd taken kind of a step up again um, after that campaign? Yeah, it's a, it was a fantastic campaign um, for the team. Uh, we you know, to win a Grand Slam was fantastic. We had to face um, some really good teams. You know, France were were very good um, from that French team that played, uh, that started, three of them are on the French uh, senior squad at the moment. So um, to beat them at home was was a fantastic result. Um, and then England in the last game as well, they, they really gave it to us um, and they have uh i think one or two players on the england senior squad now so but they're both teams stacked with with talent so uh just showed you how how good the grand slam win was yeah and i'm just looking at that french team was that fella i can't think of his name off the top of my head he came on for france in the six nations last weekend he's only 19 was would he have been on that under 20 team uh laggy. yeah no he actually didn't play against us in um in Musgrave, but he, he did play against us later on in the in the World Cup. Yeah, he, yeah he, he's, he's an absolute massive. unit. I can't imagine tackling him is um too much fun. No, no, no. He is he's a monster of a fella. Yeah, yeah. Because I I saw him coming on and I can't remember what how heavy they said he was, but for only nineteen years of age, he's twenty something stone, and I was like, oh my god, like what? Like so, I I can't imagine no. trying to trying to tackle someone like him anyway. I'm looking at him, and he's he's about. Four or five months younger than me, <laughs> uh, which is very scary. Like he's uh, he's an inch taller and about twenty five kilos heavier. I'd say so. It's it's crazy. Oh, it's unbelievable. That's madness at, at the under twenty grade as well, and that's just crazy. But um, since then, anyway, you meant you mentioned you went on to the to the uh, the under twenties. Had that disappointment in the in the final, which he managed to avenge there just uh, last week. Um, against France, which was a, an, un, an unreal occasion. Just uh, if we fast forward a bit, just to that game last weekend, like that was a, an incredible win away um, in France against a French team. A high scoring game. It came down to kind of the last kind of play or two. You got a big turnover towards the end. Like just the feelings after that game, that must have been unreal. Oh, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, tell you, the atmosphere was something really special. Uh, I think the capacity was only about ten thousand ish, but it, it's just a it's just a cauldron of a stadium, and it sounded like forty thousand people were there. Um, like when when they sang their national anthem at the start, it just was incredible. Like I had goosebumps. Um, you nearly be singing it's, along. It's a good it's a good national anthem. Yeah, I nearly was. I was humming along to it, but uh, yeah, it just when, once the game starts, then um. You know, with, with the adrenaline, you sort of block it out a bit. But yeah, the the team was just on fire, really. Um, and France kept coming back at us. 
but we we had an answer for him every time, and we we went back up the pitch and uh, and seemed to score. So some fantastic performances by all the players, and uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Win. Yeah, I know. If we if we go back then to the start um, of the, of this season, and you kind of you signed that monster uh, academy contract last year, and you're in a kind of around the senior squad from for most of the season. How has that been for you in terms of a lifestyle change? Like you're kind of living the life of a professional athlete now. So I'd imagine it's kind of a, a big change to your just general day to day kind of since been in there with the Munster seniors. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it's kind of the, the unseen, uh, you know, from the outside. Uh, like your your life is, has, has changed a lot. Uh, you're You're more in the public eye, you know. Sometimes if you if you want to go shopping, you 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 can be disturbed. Some, but like that's uh that's it comes with privileges as well. You know mm. you yeah you're doing what you love for a job. Um, I mean the atmospheres at the games are like really really special, uh, especially in Tolmond. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 living the dream at the moment. I'm playing with players that I've looked up to since I was young, and. Yeah, look, my my day to day, when when you're having training and stuff, it's you're you're in with your friends the whole time, so um, it's it's pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, and so like week to week, are you training? Would you be training every day, or what way? What does your kind of a general week for for Brian Gleeson look like at the minute? Yeah, normally we'd be training about four odd times a week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, we'd have Wednesday off, Thursday. Um, if we had a match Saturday, we'd probably do a little cap- a captain's run or travel day on the Friday, uh, and then you'd have your game either Saturday or Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty full on, and you know you you have your training, you have your gym, then you have to uh do video analysis of your training and and games and stuff. So there's there's a lot to it, um. But it's all very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, unreal. And on on those Wednesdays, those rest days, are you just kind of recovering and, and laying off for the day? Or what would you usually kind of uh, like to get up to when you have a bit of time? Yeah, I know uh, recovery is very important for us because uh, we don't get many breaks, and especially this year with the season being so compact after the World Cup. Uh, there's games every week. Um, so, yeah, you don't want to... You don't want to miss out on opportunities, especially for me being injured. Um, you don't want to miss out on opportunities. So it's all about keeping the body right and in, in good shape. So, um, yeah, recovery is very important. And Wednesday is a great day for that. Yeah. So um, looking then for, for yourself, like when you did make that Munster debut, um, you had that game against the Barbarians and then the, the competitive debut sh- shortly thereafter. You mentioned your parents were kind of big Munster fans. Um, when you were growing up and things like that, that must have been a a really kind of a special occasion, kind of running out into the the field with the monster jersey on. Yeah, you, for me, it was very special. I can't even imagine what it's like for my parents. Um, they they've been monster fans uh, since before I was born. Uh, my dad was was at game, the Heineken Champions Cup finals and everything. Um, so. You know, they they tell me they're very proud and they they go to all the games and stuff. Um, 
I suppose they they probably can't even believe it either because it's all kind of come so fast. Um, I've had all all this just at nineteen now, just turned twenty. So hopefully, I can keep going uh, on the same trajectory. Yeah, no, geez, the the sky is very much the limit at the minute. But looking forward now for the rest of the season and uh, kind of looking forward for yourself. What is what are kind of your goals for for the rest of the year and what are you kind of targeting in the in the back of your mind? Yeah, look, uh, obviously, I have two teams at the moment uh, with the Irish under twenties. You're you're looking at you know trying to win a, another Grand Slam, um, and then in the, in the summertime we're back to South Africa for the World Cup again. Um, I know it's after coming up short in the World Cup final last year. The only the only aim I have for the World Cup is to try to win it because uh, you're 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 still hurt after losing the World Cup final. Um, and then with Munster, um, I'm looking to looking to try leave a mark. Um, you know I've I haven't got a start yet this year, so I'm looking to try get a a few starts under my name and try nail down a starting jersey for myself. Um, you know, with the the coaches have been adamant that. You know, age is only a number, and if if you're good enough, you're you you'll play. So, um, that's that's what I'm looking to do. Uh, doesn't matter what age I am, I I am pushing for a starting jersey. Yeah, well, it's a it's a great mindset to have, and uh, as we said, if you keep kind of going in this trajectory, I'm sure it won't be it won't be long around the corner. But Brian, thanks a million for for taking the time out to talk to us, and uh, everyone in Tipperary is uh, very much looking forward to what's to come from Brian Gleeson. But um, stay healthy, and the, the very best luck to going forward. Thanks a million, Paul. Appreciate it. The Sporting Edge on Tip FM, funded by Commission Naman, with the television license fee. Yeah, it was great to get to chat with Brian Gleeson there about his rise through the ranks in rugby. Just still only 20 years old, speaks so well, and we definitely wish him all the best of luck in his career going forward, and hopefully we'll be able to catch up with him again. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, he's not going to be featuring for the Ireland under-20s this evening. They play Italy at quarter past seven. Uh, Brian has an ankle injury he suffered late on in that unbelievable win against France last weekend, so it's not believed to be too serious, so hopefully he will be able to uh, be back on the field for Ireland and for Munster in the next uh, couple of weeks. But before we move on from rugby, some Huge games in the AIL this weekend. In Division 2A, Cashel are at home to Barnhall. That is Cashel second place, Barnhall third place. It's on at half past two. A really big game there in Spafield tomorrow tomorrow afternoon. At the same time, Nina Ormond are on the road. The league leaders go to fifth place, Banbridge at half past two. And Nina Ormond know now that automatic promotion is almost in sight and another couple of wins or another couple of points and they should be able to get there um, and also tomorrow at half past two in Division 2C Clonmel are at home to last place Ballina so it's very much a must win there for Clonmel tomorrow afternoon so the very best luck to all three of those uh, Tipperary teams competing in the AIL this weekend Right, we're going to take our first ad break of the evening and we're going to be talking hurling we're going to be talking Tipperary versus Galway after these and you're very welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 9th of February, 2024. Now we're going to turn our attention to hurling and there is a massive game on in Semple Stadium on Sunday at quarter to four. It is in Division 1B of the National Hurling League, Tipperary hosting Galway. And it is a game that you can hear live here on Tip FM on Sunday with thanks to REA Tipperary. Myself and Ken Hogan will be on commentary duty for that game on Sunday afternoon. 
But to talk about the game and preview the game, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by former senior hurling analyst with the Tipperary Senior Hurlers. It is Sean Flynn. Sean, you're very welcome back to the show. Paul, how are we getting on? All good, Sean. Yeah, I saw you were up in uh, Dublin in Parnell Park last week uh, watching Tipperary against Dublin. What did you kind of make from being there in the flesh? Uh, what did you kind of see from this Tipperary team? Um, so it was very interesting. I was in front of Lean Cahill there in the first half and um, definitely there was uh, a lot of instruction going back and forth between the players around, I suppose, defending and defending as a unit. Um, you could see they were getting onto their midfield and if Dublin were recycling ball under pressure, they really wanted their half-back line midfield and half-hours getting in, in around the play in their own half. So like, that's interesting to see that they're working on those things. And I suppose it is the time of year for it because, um, you know, you, you probably have, you know, four or five, six games to get it right in between now and championship. And uh, it's good to see that they're they're working on things and, and, and I suppose trying to shore up to the fence. And obviously, um, you know, after last year, maybe against Watford and Galloway it's probably an area that they feel they probably need to work on yeah and like just talking to people following the game and following the last kind of couple of games for Tipperary there's a lot of interchanging going on in terms of there's new faces in there and you don't quite really know what this starting 15 is going to be come championship and that's good in a way because we, we do have options in different positions. And But then on the other hand, you might be thinking you'd like a settled team. Where do you kind of fall on that, although it is, as you said, early in the year yet? Um, I'd say, well, I think, you know, and that's one thing, I suppose, when we, we kind of forget about Limerick, that they're playing nearly the same 12, 13 players in championship over the last five, six years. So, um, like, there's a lot of change after happening in Tipper, after probably losing three or four generation hurlers. So, I suppose... There's lots of bodies there, but you're trying to have to try and find out which lads are the right fit for the right positions and in the right way of playing. But like for me, I think they have to just try lads and go with them. And at the moment, and I think we have to have patience as as tip supporters. I think we'll probably have to look at this as a three to five year sort of thing, and that we need to start settling our team over the next year or two, and then you know we can really get going. But you know, I, th- I think you just have to try these players now and, and eventually hopefully get the cohesion come championship and, and even into next year as well. But I, I think it's a long game now. You, you see there's a lot of young players in there. and There's a lot of young players that you could say will be here there next year, they'll be there the year after, and you're not going to lose too many. So I think I think that's just part of where we are in the cycle of this team and we have to go with it. And, um, you know, look, Andrew Orman is showing well. You know, you have Jake there who has experience. Sean Ryan had a you know, tough first half last day. But, you know, I, I like the way Liam has trusted in him now and left him there and he eventually got his goal. And mm. even to Willie Connors back as well, I think, you know, having a player like Willie in around that middle middle area of the field who's a really intelligent hurler and he's abrasive as well. He's probably something we do need. And it, he's a, I suppose a bit different. He might be a big physical uh, player like like other counties have in the, that area, but he he offers something different. Yeah, he's brilliant at uh, kind of breaking up the play as well, and then he has that vision that we saw for for uh, Jake Morris's goal as well. But it's going to be a much different test come Sunday. Galway coming to town there uh, had an unbelievable four thirty one to twelve point win over Westmead last uh, last weekend, and the likes of Jason Flynn with two two, Connor Whelan got a goal, Tam Monaghan with five points from play. Like this is going to be a really good test now for maybe some of those younger players, as as it will the whole team. Yeah, and there's a bit of, there's a bit on the game too because you'd imagine whoever wins this game on on Sunday will probably 
have a right chance of being in the latter stages of the of the league, which for Tip is probably important because you know they have a bye in the first round of the championship, so they probably need the extra game or two in the league um, later on in the, in 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 the year. So yeah, like look, Galway are probably going to have as close as they can to full strength and um, barren injuries. I think Tip will probably go with his their strongest team that they can put out and. Uh, Look, I think it's going to be physically, it's going to be like Galway are a physical team. And I think the way Tip are trying to play, um, you, know, they're, you know, they're trying to get a lot of bodies in their half and then work the ball out. I think that's a great test because I thought they were going to get it physically against Dublin, but at times they didn't really get it. So I think now on Sunday, it's going to be a good physical test on Tip, you know, working the ball out, you know, getting the ball into the forwards, forward winning 50-50 ball. So I think that's that's going to be uh, something that we need to watch out for, and I think I say Link Cahill is looking forward to that test and seeing where players are in in that in that in that area. And in talking generally about Tipperary now, like of course the quarter final loss to Galway last year was, was the big disappointment, and um, that Waterford game as well last year. But what would you be kind of looking at as these are the what do what do you think Tip need to work on this year to to improve on what was done last year? For me, definitely, I would say, you know, defending as a unit, I think that's the big thing we need to really work on. And that's, you know, it's probably not pleasing on the eye to see, you know, 10, 11 players back inside maybe your own half at times or in around your own half. But I think that's what we really need to look at. And then how we move the ball out of our defence. And even when we have to give it long, that our, we have the players in there to win it on their own, if you know what I mean, and drop the shoulder and take on players like... You know, like we've lost players like Shami Callan and and Bubbles and even Niall O'Mara from the forwards who were very good to win ball and drop the shoulder and take the man on. So, like you can see, Jake has that, and we just want to see that from a couple more forwards. Um, but like for me, that's the big thing. I think you know, packing up our defence and then turn it over to get the ball out and get scores. I think that that's a big thing. I think I would see. That I, I, by the looks of it, I think that's what people are trying to work on, and I think that's what they probably need to work on to to get to the next level, and that means getting to All Ireland semi-finals and hopefully to All Ireland finals. Yeah, so it's uh, it's all kind of kind of unfolding in front of us as as the league goes on. So we'll keep an eye on, on those things in particular. But Sean, as always, uh, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Cheers, Paul. Thanks very much. And a reminder to listeners that the Tipperary Senior Hurling Team for Sunday's game against Galway will be announced live here on Tip FM this evening uh, during the coverage of the Tipperary Clubs draw, which takes place at 9 o'clock this evening down at the Clock Inn in Clock Jordan. So that is the place to be, 9 o'clock this evening. You will hear the announcement of the Tipperary team live on air. Now, before we take our second ad break, just a couple of things to mention over the weekend. We wish the very best of luck to the Tipperary minor ladies football team. They get their Munster Championship underway against Watford tomorrow at at 2pm in Galtee Rovers. So we wish them all the very best of luck. And the uh, Tipperary under-16 ladies football team are also in Munster Championship action. They are away to Clare on Sunday. And uh, that is in Clare Castle at two o'clock. So the very best of luck to them as well. So uh, plenty happening over the weekend. And also worth mentioning before we go to an ad break, I just want to wish the best of luck to uh, both Mike and Mary McDonald, a mother and uh, son 
Uh, Mary is uh, 75 years old and her, along with her son Mike are doing a skydive on a Sunday. You might have heard him on Tip Today last week with Frank Curry. They're doing a skydive in aid of uh, Gaza and uh, it's just brilliant. So this Sunday uh, they're going to be doing the jump but their GoFundMe is still open. So Tipperary Mother and Son Skydive for Gaza Aid is uh, the uh, link to the GoFundMe. That is the title of the GoFundMe I should say if you want to donate to what is a very very good cause. All the uh, donations are going to the Medical Aid for Palestinians and Palestine Children's Relief Fund. So again, very best luck to neighbours of mine, Mary and Michael McDonald, uh, doing their skydive on Sunday. We wish them all the very best of luck and it is very much a very worthy cause that they've already raised a lot of money for. But if you do want to uh, go uh, donate a little bit more to them, it is Tipperary Mother and Son Skydive for Gaza Aid is the GoFundMe. So we're going to take our second ad break and we're going to have a really interesting discussion with Barry Ryan about the potential move to a summer soccer season and what effect that will have on local soccer here in Tipperary. We're going to talk about that and the FEI Junior Cup quarterfinals and greyhound racing all coming up after this ad and you're very welcome back to the third and final part of across the line here on tip fm with myself paul carroll on this friday the 9th of february 2024 now we're going to switch our attention to soccer and out of the 16 teams left in the fai junior cup three of them come from tipperary all down in the tsdl clamel celtic peak villa and st michael's all have massive games in the biggest uh, cup competition in ireland this weekend so we wish them all the very best luck but to preview those games and to talk about the incoming possible change to the season structure and the calendar fixtures i'm delighted to say i'm joined on the line by local soccer analyst barry ryan barry you're very welcome back to the show how are you, Paul? All good, Barry. Yeah, we've a, it's a massive weekend now. Down to the last 16 in the FAI Junior Cup and we've three Tipperary teams in action. So it's a, it's a great kind of a... First, just on an overview kind of thing, it's a great sign of the, the health of the, the TSDL in particular with, with three of the top teams uh, left at this stage of the competition. So it's uh, just on that point in general, it's probably a good sign of the league that we have, we have three teams at this stage. Yeah, absolutely. And that's no mean feat to have three teams in the last 16 of the FAI Junior Cup. It's the biggest knockout competition in Europe of its kind. Um, it's such a difficult competition to navigate. You can be anywhere in the country. But even just coming out of your own area in South Tip, you're coming out, you're trying to avoid, you know, St. Michael's, Common Town, Peak Villa, Common Celtic, Care, Two Mile Burst. You know, there's so many banana skins to get out of the area for a start. And then when you come out into the last 64, you can be anywhere in the country. So it's a really, really good achievement for the TSDL to have all three teams. Um, still standing in the last 16 and you know to have huge interest now with a massive weekend coming yeah and we've two uh, two of the teams playing at home Clamel Celtic host Letter Kenny uh, Letter Kenny Rovers and Peak Villa host Bunkrana Hearts and then St Michael's go on the road to Kilkenny to play Evergreen so we'll start with the uh, the 12 o'clock kickoff. that is Clamel Celtic at home to Letter Kenny um, Clamel Celtic uh, this is would this be new territory for them in the last couple of years being at the latter stages yeah, absolutely. Look, over previous, you know, if you were to go back eight or nine years, Clamell Celtic um, had really good spells in the FBI Junior Cup and the Munster Junior Cup and were at the business end of both. Um, but in the in recent years, it's been a bit of a leaner period. So um, there's real seeds of growth for them now. And, you know, it really is to have another huge game in the bypass. Had Malop Malahide in the bypass a couple of weeks ago. And now uh, Letter Kenny coming down. And Letter Kenny coming down with really good pedigree now as well. Went to Murview in Galway and took a huge scalp in the last round. So it's a really, really good side coming down from Dublin. Or sorry, from Donegal with Letter Kenny. So that's a big game. And it's a lot of people will get over to the bypass to see that. Yeah, and it's similar with, with Peak Villa, I suppose, that 
it definitely is an advantage um, playing at home, especially with a trip up to uh, Donegal. I think St. Michael's could have been up in Buncrana last year, if, if uh, my memory serves me right. But Buncrana coming down now to Thurles to play Peak Villa. Um, you mentioned it's a game you're going to be at. This is at one o'clock on Sunday. Again, it's a home tie. Buncrana have a long way to come, but Buncrana are always one of those teams that are there, thereabouts in this competition as well. Yeah, look, Donegal soccer is huge as well. Um, and even just conversations I had with people during the week and talking to Highland Radio, and I'm going to cover the game for them up in, with Von Crana and Peak Villa. Letter Kenny have a director of football in the club um, in terms of the, that's the level of professionalism these clubs are at. And Letter Kenny and Bunkrana um, have both booked hotels to travel down the day before the game. So I suppose you negate the travel with that. You know, you get the little things then of not sleeping in your own bed and your routine is a little bit different. But in terms of the travel, they'll both come down on the Saturday. They'll both prepare. Um, and, you know, when you see teams going to that expense and preparing like that, you know, they're targeting the place in the quarterfinals. So Peak Villa and Thomas Celtic have huge games on their hands. Um, Bunkrana gives St. Michael's a really, really stiff, tough test up in Donegal last year and actually took the lead in that game. Uh, Bunkrana have the McDade brothers who are in and around the Irish junior setup, uh, and the Vigai Murphy in midfield that's been in and around the Irish junior setup as well. So Bunkrana are a really, really good side, as are Peak Villa as well. So that's a really, really good game. I think that a lot of people are looking forward to. Um, and look, the, the, the thing about it is, we could be talking next week, there could be no temporary team left in the FBA Junior Cup, or please God, there'll be three of them left. But that's the level of the games that they're playing. Um, they're three 50-50 games. Yeah, and I, I, in the last couple of weeks, we were talking about Peak Villa. Pippi Carroll had been injured. Is he going to be back available for them for this game? Yeah, Pippi was on the bench last weekend um, and he's ready to go now for the Bunkrana game, which would be huge for them. Keith Cal was back last weekend as well. Um, so the injury situation is certainly clearing up. Um, but then I suppose it's one of those things, you get a couple of bodies back and they took a hammer blow in Crumlin last week when they lost centre-back Sean Wade to what looks like a nasty knee injury. It's definitely going to be a couple of months. Um, he is a huge blow to them to lose Sean. He's integral. Um, to them over the last couple of years um, so that's a big big blow but they're very fortunate that Alan Lahey is still there um, he will come in huge experience um, to bring him in but Sean will be a big big blow to them as well so while they've got a couple of bodies back they've shipped another blow as well Yeah so that, that's a, a shame to hear about that and we wish him a, a speedy recovery but if we look at the, the final game now 2 o'clock kickoff. Uh, it's not in Cook Park, it's in Kilkenny. So St. Michael's going on the road to take on a team you know a lot about being involved with Evergreen over the last couple of years. So these are two teams you're very, very familiar with. So there's probably no better man to kind of uh, lay, lay the, the foundations in terms of what, ty- what type of game we expect to see here on Sunday. Yeah, I would say to anybody planning on getting out on Sunday and to go to a game, for me, of the whole round of the last 16, this is the best tie in the country uh, in the Kells Road on Sunday with St. Michael's and Evergreen. Evergreen are very much the St. Michael's of Kikenny. I was lucky enough to be there last year and we won the league and they're just a top, top club. They have the best facilities in the country. Shane Keegan spoke on News Talk on Off the Ball at some point last year talking about facilities in Ireland, talking about League of Ireland clubs, everything. And he said the second, the only club in the country said that had a better setup than Evergreen and Kikenny was Shamrock Rovers. So that'll tell you the calibre of the club you're talking about here with Evergreen. Um, they boast three grass pitches and two full-size AstroTurf pitches. Um, so the setup below is unbelievable. And they have the players to match. Mikey Drennan will be familiar to a lot of people. He played with Aston Villa. Um, he was captain of Aston Villa under three ones in the Champions League. Um, he had a really good stint over there. He came back. He scored a lot of goals for Shamrock Rovers in the Premier Division League of Ireland. Played with St. Pat's, Sligo Rovers. So he'll be in the midfield for Evergreen at the weekend. David Grinstall, who played with Waterford United and also had a stint with St. Michael's, will be up front. Lee Delaney, the Irish junior international centre half, 
um, will play at the back. Adrian Clear, who people are familiar with with Clamell Town from his time there, will play centre back for Evergreen. So there'll be a lot of household names. Um, and Johnny Dunleavy, the captain of Cork City to win the League of Ireland from Donegal. Johnny Dunleavy plays in the middle of the field for Evergreen. So it's very much a who's who, similar to what we're used to with St. Michael's, with the Jimmy Cars, the Paul Breens, the Adrian Walshes. So it's an unbelievable clash of the Titans next Sunday in Kilkenny. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's really set up for it there. And, and St. Michael's um, injury-wise, how are how are they fixed for for Sunday? Yeah, look, the news seems to be good. Everybody seems to be fit and available. The thing for me with St. Michael's is they've never had a squad as strong as this. But last year, I could have told you at any point what the St. Michael's eleven would be. But there's no doubt in the middle of February, St. Michael's don't know their best eleven. They've got so many options. It's purely picked on form. Who's having a good week? Who's having a bad week? Um, and look, there's advantages to that. You can keep people on their toes. But I wonder would Johnny Cremins and Michal Byrne like to be facing into the game on Sunday with a really, really settled eleven, a settled back four, a settled midfield? And um, they certainly don't have that. But to do what they do have at their disposal is a hell of a lot of good players. But it's trying to fix the pieces and get it together it's a little bit like Chelsea at the moment in terms of so many players but what's the best 11 um, and I feel like Sunday they're going to have to land on it if they're going to win this game yeah no it's a, it's a blessing and a curse um, so th- those are the, the three games to look forward to this weekend in the FAI Junior Cup from a Tipperary perspective but just in an overall kind of soccer context during the week um, FAI uh, have, a, have a big meeting this weekend and it's kind of centred around this idea of changing the kind of whole calendar and it was something that was tried a few years ago so kind of typically at the minute we see local leagues uh, in this part of the country anyway ran from you know, typically the school kind of season September to Mayish. But this kind of proposal would see a change from February to November with kind of a, a summer soccer league. Um, just from you coming from the, the the soccer background, like I'd be, let's say, predominantly GAA myself. And, you know, that's the GAA season that people would see and maybe rural clubs might suffer a bit. But from, from a soccer perspective, how is this being received? Is this something that people think will go down well? Or what's the kind of overall view of this uh, potential change? Look, Paul, it's one of those, you're going, you're going to get complete split decision on this because you're going to get people in the rural clubs that are completely against it because from a GA point of view, they're sharing players and they want to, you know, try and do both. But we, and I say we as a soccer community, have got to do what's best for soccer. And it's to align the seasons that every soccer season from adults to juvenile to youth to everything needs to be um, summer football. Um, it's for for football to develop in this country um, and there's still an opportunity for GEA players to dip in and out but at the moment school by games are being called off left, right and centre if you get two days of rain in October, November, December um, the pitches are trying to be spread out between juvenile games, adult games and everything and the school by games are being called off left, right and centre kids are going five, six weeks without a game um, it's just not sustainable so we have got to move because we don't have enough AstroTurf pitches. In, you know, you look at Tipperary, the only AstroTurf we have in Tipperary is Care Park and TSGL. Uh, we also have one in Cannon Hayes that can be rented out, but it's not aligned to any club. So in the whole county, we have two AstroTurf pitches at our, at our disposal. Um, you know, so how do you, how do you keep 50, 60 clubs playing school by football in November, December. It's just not feasible. So for me, I think it's fantastic. And, you know, at the end of the day, nobody's ever going to agree to everything. So the FAI just need to push this through. Uh, summer football, kids that really want to play soccer, uh, they get to play soccer. Their matches go ahead all the time. They're playing decent weather um, on proper pitches. Um, and it's a chance to develop the game. Because I'm, a, I'm one of these who's completely pro. Kids playing hurling, soccer, rugby, Gaelic football, everything. But... 
ultimately that's not always possible so you know if there's a little bit of them having to choose well that's okay too because at least they're playing a game at the weekend but at the moment trying to trying to play soccer in winter and uh, to accommodate other sports and stuff like that it just hasn't worked out because the games are just getting called off all the time so i suppose for me i'm very very pro aligning the seasons yeah yeah and to be honest i don't even know exactly where i am on it at the minute because if I look back to when I was, let's say, in third year in, in, in secondary school and I was playing hurling, rugby, football, handball, basketball, everything, like I was playing soccer as well. And like I loved playing soccer underage and things like that. So I'm wondering, do you know, it, would that be possible now if it's if it's in the summer and I'd be pr- probably playing hurling more than I would have been playing soccer at that time of the year? So it's, But then if you look at it from the other side, if you do want to develop the game, like you you lose so much... Uh, kind of you lose you lose so much of the time that's put into to kids um, in those winter months when games are called off and even when they are playing and pitches are poor it's probably not best for the actual development of the skills so see, there definitely yeah, is two this, two sides of the coin yeah and that's the side I come down on all the time because I'm completely like you pro playing everything but in terms of developing the game and developing soccer in the country that we can start qualifying for tournaments now this won't this move won't all of a sudden start meaning we're going to qualify but it's going to help and I would put it to you like this like you know I see Nina winning um, an FAI Cup and Jake Morris was absolutely instrumental in that but Jake Morris no was probably always going to pick GEA uh, and you know there's so many examples when I was coming through at Camel Town we had an incredible group of players of Coleman Kendy Mikey Quinlevin um, Evan Comerford Peter Atchison um, Greg Henry I could keep going and keep going Seamus Kendy all uh, came third in the world in the Danone Cup in soccer but their future was always going to lie in GEA so does soccer keep prioritising you know our season everything to work around those players or do we give it summer soccer that's going to give a chance to develop the guys who are com- completely committed to soccer and try and develop them to give them a platform to go on and have the, the exposure that the Seamus Kendys and the Michael Quillivans and them got in the code that they chose you know so it's a bit of one of those and I would still say a hurler and a footballer can play soccer during the summer but the clubs are going to have to be you know are going to have to like Clamont Town and Clamont Commercials have a really good relationship so they've got to try and make that work during the summer months and if the adults come together like that in the clubs well then there's no issue if Dolores Oog and Peak Villa can sit down there'll be no issue um, and you just juggle it like that I think that's what it's going to have to come down to better communication between the clubs but I think it's not possible to play soccer in November December in this country anymore it's just not feasible for school boys yeah and especially this year considering how like well, yeah. I feel like it hasn't stopped raining since last June but um, no Barry look it's a really interesting uh, it's a really interesting discussion and I suppose it is kind of like a a rip the band-aid off kind of thing and just completely you know, separate the, the two um, in terms of you know putting it on between February and November and, and just letting soccer kind of develop on its own not that it's develop, doing anything with the GEA but you know it just kind of has to soccer needs to look after itself basically is what yeah, I'm trying to say exactly so, that's exactly it and I always feel and I always say to soccer people who give out about the GEA and stuff like that you develop your product if you set up a really, really good setup in Peak Villa and Town and St. Michael's at school by football and, it, and the coaching is excellent, the, you're looking after the players, the gear, everything, your setup is really, really good. Kids will play camo- or, sorry, soccer, camogie, football. They'll play it all. And this stuff about burnout at 12 and 13 and 14, kids just love matches. Uh, so, you know, if you're playing soccer on a Tuesday and there's hurling on Wednesday, kids will play both. Yeah, 100%. Barry, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes over the weekend. Really looking forward to all those FAI Junior Cup games on Sunday as well. And I'm sure uh, Ronan will definitely be speaking to you on, on Monday evening, no doubt, to look back on all the games. But for now, thanks a million for joining us on Across the Line. Thanks very much, Paul.
Always great to have Barry on the show. And just a couple of other soccer fixtures happening over the weekend in the TSDL Premier League on Sunday. Tumal Burris host Wilderness Rovers at 3 o'clock and at the same time, Bancha Celtic host Clanmel Town. Up the north of the county then on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, Rare Cross are at home to Ballymackie and Ard Crony are on the road away to Killavilla. Both those games on at 11 o'clock. But now at this time, as always, on a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. It's another busy weekend of Greyhound Racing action with plenty to look forward to right across the country but we're going to start with the local action and turn our attentions to Clanmel tonight because their racing action will get underway there at the normal start time of 7.30. Some good racing uh, down for decision. And in race number eight, uh, Tullivan Bale should take plenty of beating here for Michael Ryan and Croom. Um, it's won its last two. It's won five from 12. That was a polished performance last time and uh, unpenalised for that victory. I thought uh, Tullivan and Bale would take all the beating there in tonight's eighth race there at Clanmel Greyhound Stadium. Uh, switching our attentions to further afield on to Turles on Saturday night. Uh, 7.35 start here. Uh, with their usual racing programme down for decision. Once again, some good action to look forward to. We have the Droopy Stud Champion Bitch Open 525, round number one, €3,150 to the winner. It's going to be a fabulous competition um, in Turles over the course of the next couple of weeks. Undisputed, uh, it will be one of the leading fancies for the opening heat uh, trained in Moneygall by Patrick Gilfile and also Bobsleigh Dream, of course, for Pat Buckley, another uh, classy performer there. That really is one of the races for the weekend. Um, slight preference there going to Bobsleigh Dream. Uh, in other heats, Star Mully is a greyhound that's been operating at a high standard in recent times for Patrick Everard in Turles. This one should go well um, in the second heat. It's another fantastic contest with the likes of fashion model uh, for trainer Patrick Gilfoyle, also very much expected to be in the mix. In other heats, Singalong Dolly uh, is a fascinating runner in heat number three for Kappa White trainer Pat Buckley. That's sure to be in the mix um, in that. And we also have the Dinny Mackey Memorial A3525 uh, getting underway. That's got a lovely pot as well uh, of 2,000 euros. So some fabulous racing uh, to look forward to at Thurless Greyhound Stadium over the course of the next couple of weeks. Back to Clonmel. On Sunday night, we go 6.29 start here. Um, at the Clonmel Greyhound Stadium um, on Sunday night of course where the action will be live on Racing Post Greyhound TV as well of course that is Sky Channel um, 327 uh, looking ahead to the racing programme uh, race number 8 is a very interesting race here um, this of course is an A4 contest and trap number 3 Duna's Lass um, has leading claims here for trainer Morris Argan uh, looking for a maiden success but ran well in defeat last time I think that's capable of a big run there for Jared Cooney um, in Shannon. So that's one to keep an eye on in Clanmel there on Sunday night. Also, of course, at this weekend, we have the 2024 Tote Gold Cup 525, second round of this competition um, in Shelburne Park with 16,000 euros to the winner. Plenty of Tipperary interest as well. Uh, the Gander Pen uh, runs in the opening heat from trap number four. That has a, a chance of progressing there through uh, for trainer, Capoy trainer Pat Buckley. On to the second uh, heat, Road Exile was below his best last week, but he's capable of a big run here um, for Capoy trainer Pat Buckley. That has leading claims there in the second heat for sure. 
very much looking forward to seeing that in action of course and won the Kingdom Greyhound Derby uh, down in uh, Tralee there before Christmas Carrick Aldo is a greyhound we've often spoke highly about here on the programme it's won 12 of its 18 career starts that's the one to be on in the third heat I think that one will take plenty of stopping in the outright market while on to the fourth heat and final heat uh, Capoy trainer uh, Pat Buckley represented with Glengar Marta who was such an impressive winner last time that really was a top class performance of course and uh, she's got great claims there of progress and through to the uh, semi-finals trap number one another holiday is very one, very much the one to beat there in that heat so that's the weekend's uh, racing action we have to look back on what was a, a wonderful weekend in Clonmel last weekend of course for the 98 National Coursing Festival but we had plenty of top class racing on the track as well the Ballymac Kennels New Park Stud Rural Kennels Consolation Final 2000 euro uh, prize was won by Untold Dollar in a time of 28.50 one at odds of 3 to 1 that of course was trained in golden uh, by champion trainer um, Graham Holland and of course Graham Holland pulled off the big double in Clonmel last weekend because the Roar Kennels open on race day final with 8,000 euros a bit of an upset here second choice in the market Romeo Taylor uh, won the big prize there the 8,000 euro prize leading all the way and beating the hot favourite Ballymac Danica who was sent off at a short price but it was Romeo Taylor who put on a foot perfect front running winning performance to make it three wins uh, from four career starts 28-74 owned by David Firminger in the UK but trained in Golden and County Tipperary uh, by champion trainer Graham Holland so it really was a magical couple of days at Clamwell Greyhound Stadium with big crowds in attendance last weekend and uh, very much looking forward to another great weekend of Greyhound Racing Barry Drake there as informative as ever on a Friday evening here giving us all the updates in the world of Greyhound Racing both here in Tipperary and further afield as well. So that pretty much sums up all we got time for on this week's edition on the show. If you want to listen back to any of the guests we had on the show, of course, we had Munster and Ireland under 20 international Brian Gleeson, Tipperary man, speaking about his journey through rugby. We spoke to Sean Flynn about Tipperary versus Galway. We heard from Barry Ryan about the impending changes at the local soccer level and those FAI Junior Cup quarterfinals. And of course, you just heard from Barry Drake there. But if you want to listen back to any of that, the full show will be on the Tip FM website and the Tip FM SoundCloud in the next half an hour. So yeah, that pretty much sums up all we got time for. A reminder that on Sunday at quarter to four, I will be on commentary duty with Ken Hogan live here on Tip FM with thanks to REA Tipperary with bringing you coverage of Tipperary versus Galway in the National Hurling League. Very much looking forward to that. And if you want to find out the Tipperary team for Sunday, well, that's going to be announced this evening on Tip FM from nine o'clock live from the Clock Inn and Clock Jordan. Uh, the team is going to be announced during Tip FM's coverage of the Tipperary Club draw that is again in Clock Jordan down at the Clock Inn, nine o'clock start there. And you can also hear the Tipperary team being announced. So that's pretty much it until Sunday. Have a good weekend. Carol Power is coming up after the news. And until Sunday, I will talk to you then. Have a good weekend. Bye for now.